This is Sounds Like Adventure, an actual play podcast all about fun roleplay, short runtimes, and great sound design. I'm your host and DM, Jack Trainer, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and players, Jacob Sirachi and China Venzel. Hey there! Welcome back! It's the second last episode of Season 1 of Sounds Like Adventure. Thanks for joining us. So we have an absolute bumper episode for you today. It's jam-packed with so much good stuff. I can't wait for you to listen to this one. But last episode, you heard Otis complete his crazy talk. He managed to get through it somehow. He had some bad roles, some good roles, managed to get through in the end though. All while Seok was off in the other room, doing some investigation, seeing what he could find behind the scenes and what he found was the sounds of Indifference Jones possibly committing a murder. So he raced back to the Dissertarium as soon as he possibly could, but unfortunately he couldn't make it there before Indifference Jones. So it's unclear what Indifference Jones has seen, but when we left off, he was storming up to the brothers to confront them. So when we last left off, Otis had just finished his talk that he was just doing and managed to make it off the stage somehow. And Seok, you were racing into the room to try and get there before Indifference Jones arrived. But unfortunately, you have both turned around and just seen Indifference Jones looking right at you. He storms right up to both of you and he says, What are you doing? Otis is like, yet again, starts sweating and looking for help. Um, <laughs> but says, uh, Mr. Mr. Jones, uh, uh, it's been a bit of a case of mistaken identity, but uh, as you, uh, and, then, and then changes tactic halfway through and sort of goes, ah, you've discovered my secret. I am a man of many talents and names, as it would seem. <laughs> and I want to try and deceive him to thinking that... Susan Scones is a moniker that I use for magic horticulturism. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Seok, are you doing anything to help? <laughs> See, we represent a group of people that believe the art is in the eye of the beholder. And anything done with enough enthusiasm and arm grit can be art or something considered artful by others. My brother here has many talents, one of which is arcane botany, or as the uninitiated call it, matchy horticulture. Yes, Mr. Jones, and uh, apologies, but yes, Susan Scones is uh, my pen name, or, or shovel name, as you will. I always call him, I call it the pot name, for do a lot of potting. Okay, give, give me a deception check with advantage. I feel like you, you sold that. Let's, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, that is a uh, 15. Indifference goes, I see. And I guess when you mistook Susan Scones for a woman earlier, that was a part of your ruse? Merely trying to uh, save face, as it will, Mr. Jones. Surely you could have admitted to me, the curator of the museum, and the one putting on the event, that you were the one who was primed to give a talk. 
Odessa puts his arm around indifference and says, Ah, oh, while we have come close in these times, Mr. Jones, I still only met you merely an hour ago. <laughs> So are you really art buyers? Oh, we are men of many persuasions. Persuasive indeed. I must say, I'm quite confused by this approach of saying you're here for one reason and then here for a second reason and then still being here for the other reason as well. What's your strategy here? Well, we're here to look and possibly purchase some art, as we said the first time. I just happened to be doing a talk as well. If nothing comes of it, at least we had an amazing tour and a good look at some fine exhibition. Let me uh, let me phrase it another way, Mr. Jones. If I wasn't Susan Scones, then where are they? Okay, great. Yeah, give me a... Uh... So you're the persuader there. So yeah, give me a persuasion um, once again with advantage because you guys are hammering him pretty pretty hard here. That's an eighteen. That's another good roll. Well, uh, Susan, or is it Otis? Which what should I call you? Uh, I would prefer Otis. And what now for the tour, Mr. Jones? Are we on to the menagerie? Well, yes, and it is fully prepared. Indifference Jones leads you down the staircase that was in the dissertarium and you find yourself back in the uh, collective, the gallery that you were in before where you had the contest against the Aracocra. Uh, Still people milling around in here taking a look. He leads you through the gallery and out the door that you came through the gallery, back into the hallway where you first entered the museum. As you reach the point where you went up towards the collective earlier, he stops and he leads you down another hallway. And he eventually reaches a door at the end of the hallway and he produces a key from his pocket. says, now, beyond this door is the Menagerie, the home of the rarest and most incredible pieces of art within the Hall of Electric Curiosity. Only once a year is anyone but myself or former curators allowed beyond this door. He turns and he places the key into the keyhole and turns the key, allowing the door to swing open. As you enter the room, you're struck by quite an incredible sight. You see sprawling space, lots of open air. You can see high above you, the big balcony. Around the edge of the room, you see the skeletons of small creatures. They're standing on two legs with two shorter arms. They stand about three feet high. They kind of resemble almost like a chicken or some other type of like walking bird in their stance but the resemblance stops there. They have this huge reptilian jaw with rows of sharp teeth, and there are about four of these creatures. You see numerous huge portraits, landscapes, artwork truly breathtaking. You can see why it has been brought into this room. They're all positioned around the room. There's some up at the top, some down near you. But then all of that pales in comparison 
to the greatest sight in the centre of the room. It's the huge skeleton that you could only see sort of pieces of. Standing about three metres tall, it's about nine metres long. It's posed on all four of like short, powerful leg bones, long tail extending behind it, but a head that's truly remarkable. The front of its head has like this almost bird-like beak that's made entirely of bone, which travels back to this like wide, flat brim at the top of its head. And in the middle of its head, it has three horns, two giant spikes protruding from the middle of its head at angles, and one smaller one pointing up from where the creature's nose should be. And behind the creature, positioned on the only wall that doesn't have any artwork on it, which is directly behind you from where you enter, is a just a giant mirror through which you can view the creature from other angles none of which make it look any less impressive or imposing. This is truly magnificent. Jones, I feel like you haven't oversold this at all. This is great. Truly, if anything, you've undersold it. Otis looks to indifference and says, are we free to to roam the room? Mr. Jones. As I say, roam the room and look with your eyes, but not with your hands. So can I just go up to the first display and uh, investigate and see what I know about this creature or if I've seen this creature before or anything like that? What would be a good one? You could make a history check on this to see if you know something about it, um, I think would be the one that would make the most sense. Uh, That's a 12. Okay, yeah, with a 12, you've heard of these types of creatures that were long since deceased in this area. Small reptilian-like creatures hunted in packs, carnivorous, very uh, dangerous, work well as a team. You know that. Okay. While he investigates, tell him. So I was on the balcony up there earlier when something happened in this room down here, I didn't see it, but it sounded like someone was brutally murdered for trying to touch something. So really keep your hands off. Uh, murdered, murdered by who, brother? Well, McGumbo and Indifference Jones were present. I didn't see what exactly happened. I only heard a kind of explosion. As this is going on, Indifference has sort of wandered over in front of the large skeleton in the middle of the room and is staring at it rapturously. Otis will take the opportunity to walk over to Indifference and sort of start to grill him. For what is it? Does the specimen have a name? I've definitely never seen anything like it before. Are there more than this one? Is there anything like it somewhere else? So um, answering your question, Otis, he gestures towards a plaque that's um, in front of the creature that says the Trihorned Terror. And answering you, Seok, he says, I believe there are other creatures that resemble this one in other far-off lands. However, this is all we have of such an amazing and majestic beast. Uh, right you are, Mr. 
Mr. Jones, what a majestic beast it it was. Quite the siege weapon, I would say. I don't imagine this fella had problems with any closed doors in his life. Now, remembering um, that Mary Canary mentioned an eye in the menagerie, Otis wants to sort of peruse around the room and try and find the eye iconography that was mentioned. No, she said something that's like inlaid into the ground. Yeah, near the main the main attraction, I think she said. Silk's also like walking around the what I believe is a triceratops. What he's looking for is the eye and any kind of signs of blood or whatever happened to that grumpy sounding fellow earlier. No blood, but you can definitely, it's, it's not hard to see the eye. It's etched into the floor, directly in front of the big creature, and sort of off to the right a little bit, near one of the, the pillars. It's probably about 15 feet or so in front of the creature, almost like if you followed one of the points of the horns, it would lead directly to where it was. I'll put myself right on top where it is, and then have like a a whole scan of the room, 360, and see if I can see something from that position that I couldn't see from somewhere else. Okay, great. Give me a perception. Remember, I'm very perceptive. So, perception. Here we go. Oh, that is uh, 14. Behind you, a few sort of bones, different uh, talismans, sort of looking things. But there's a painting there that looks like super different to everything else in the room. You look at it, it kind of like hurts your head to look at it. Like it's like strange patterns, weird shapes. It's kind of like, I don't like looking at this. I can't focus on the right thing. Seeing that and having the experience not too long ago with the reflecting pond, so it will turn around have a look in the mirror to look at the picture behind him. From standing on the eye, you're trying to get the painting in your sight, but it's like the skeleton is like blocking it. Like you can't get the picture in your view by looking at it from where you're standing at the moment. I tell orders, this eye doesn't do anything. It's useless. But this painting here, it's mind-breaking. You can't look at it straight. Hearing that, Otis is going to try and find a vantage point where I can use the mirror to look at the painting. There's, yeah, there's times you can see the painting and nothing specific is dawning on you. But you are noting that you look over at the painting, it looks one way, it hurts your head. Then you look at it in the mirror, it looks different. Nothing's specifically jumping out at you as why it's different. still hurts your head to look at it, but it definitely looks different than how it looked when you saw it before. Um, and give me an insight check here. All right. Inside it is. Do, 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 do. That is a big old 11. Yeah. You, you think you have to look at it from somewhere. You have to see the painting through the mirror somewhere in the room. And more so than somewhere in the room, when you're in that spot, you have to figure out some way to look at it while you're in that spot. Uh, and, and old mate is just standing there looking into space or something. Yeah, is he like unnaturally calm? Like, is he unnaturally just sort of standing there impassively? Give me like a perception on that. Yeah, okay. 
I can do that. Or if he's like noticing anything in particular or anything on those lines. Uh, that's a 16. Yeah, so since he came over and started to look at the skeleton in the centre of the room and since you asked him the last question, he's, yeah, almost unnaturally still just standing and like unbroken gaze staring right at this thing. Uh, okay, Otis will relay this to Seok. Alright, while he figures this out, I'll make my way to the to closer to the mirror and trying to find an angle that lets me look at the picture. So yeah, I'd say probably pretty much as soon as you step off the eye, you can see the picture through the mirror. With each step you take, perspective sort of changes on the image and it's like different parts of it start to slide into place as you move around. No matter where you stand, once you're off the eye, you can't get it into view where, as the different aspects slide around, the, the image resembles anything meaningful to you. Yeah, Otis, as, as Seok's coming back, walks over to him and says something along the lines of, isn't this fascinating, brother? And then over the link, telepathically says, we have to move it, don't we? Probably don't have to move it to solve this, but we probably have to move it to solve this. <laughs> um. <laughs> or we could make it disappear. And how would you do that, brother? <laughs> Are you very good at making stuff disappear? <laughs> Can't you just like make it invisible? Brother, can you distract Mr. Jones? I'm about to do something drastic. Do you want to tell me what you are going to do? <laughs> well, you see, I've seen me use the spells to enlarge or reduce a being before. The skeleton's about to get reduced, brother. That is a strangely good idea. Let me step back to the eye. Mr. Jones, would you be able to tell me found this strange insignia here on the ground. I quite, I quite can't make heads or tails of it. Would you be able to explain it to me? So Indifference, uh, he turns uh, and he, he looks at you with a... It's like he snaps out of a daze for a moment there. He turns and looks at you with a raised eyebrow. My good man! Why would you want to look at insignias on the ground when you are within the wondrous hall that is the menagerie? So many great things to see. Don't be distracted by small paintings on the floor. I am very fond of eyes. To that, he sort of like wistfully turns around and looks back at the skeleton and he goes, Indeed, the eyes of this great creature often draw me. You notice as he does that, he points like, knee height towards the eye of the, the creature, which is it's, it's a bit lower than where like the eye of a standard thing would be because, you know, it's like this big thing that walks around on all fours. I could stab him. I... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Wow. <laughs> Just glosses over the obvious hint and is like, I can shank this guy. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying murder him is what you're saying. I see. <laughs> oh, my God. No, obviously not. Um, but I, I, I just basically just goes, not, brother, not, not yet. And 
Uh, Otis is going to walk over to the eye symbol and I want to see if there is an angle where I can look through the dinosaur's eye at the mirror. Okay, so you find yourself on the eye and you crouch down. And as you do, you can see directly through the entire skeleton. So you could see like the shape of its rib cage and things like that all the way through the back, the spine going down its tail directly into the mirror. And as you do, you see yourself reflected. Behind you, you see the strange painting reflected back at you. This time, the design is totally clear to you, something that you both have seen countless times. It is the runic eye that is the namesake, the iconography of the runi. Can I do an arcana check or something to see if it's the dinosaur that's magical or just the painting? Go for it. Uh, that's a whole of a critical fail. There's a lot of magical energy bouncing around this room. You notice as you you try and tune into things. With a one, you're not able to figure out where the magic is coming from. If you wanted to do something more specific, like a detect magic or something like that, then I could give you give you a more concrete answer around that one. No, that's fine. I thought that might be the case. You know what? I just wouldn't think anything of it because I would have heard that they killed someone, but not why. What Siog wants to do is also look through the eye at the painting and see if he can figure it out because he, he was able to solve the last one by climbing into the eye. He wants to check out if this looks similar to that. Otis is going to um, just small talk with Mr. Jones about some of the origins of things around the room to sort of distract from the fact that we're both just walking over this circle and crouching. So Otis, you go over and do that. Indifference is super distracted the whole time he's talking. It's like his mind is not really paying attention to what you're saying. Can I note on what Mr. Jones is looking at this whole time? This doesn't need a roll. You just, he's just rapturously looking at the creature in the middle of the room, the skeleton. It's like reverence in his eyes. Otis will ask a more specific question then. Mr. Jones, does this uh, skeleton have some sort of significance to you? Well, clearly, it is the crown jewel of our array of amazing artefacts and artworks, all pale in comparison to this great trihorn terror. Yes, it is. It is miraculous, Mr. Jones. Waiting for Seok to do his okay, thing. Okay, well, what, what I want to accomplish with looking through the skeleton, because when I look at the painting straight, I don't see the eye. But I want to find out the exact location of the eye in the painting. Yeah, okay. Go perception on that to figure, see what you can figure out. Here we go. Yeah, that is a uh, net 20 for 28. Great. So, with a nat 20, you're looking through the skeleton, looking back into the uh, painting. The eye itself is dead center, middle of the frame, bang in the center. But the thing that you do notice with the Nat 20 is that's not the only thing that's in the room, in the painting, rather. 
you notice there's other motifs in there. And the main other thing that's in there is this motif of knives. There's like knives all over this painting. They're everywhere. And then as you see the knife, you have like this flashback and you like flash to yourself up on the balcony listening to the conversation. And you're back there and you hear the voice again. Oh, and I watch you hiding in there. What you got hidden away behind that thing? Let me stand right, right, right here. And yes, look uh, over there. Yes, I see it. Ha-ha, you thought I didn't know, did you? But from here I could clearly see it. And it's that one. What would happen if I were to cut it open? And then the explosion happens again. You're back in the room. He tried to cut open the painting and then explode it. But he didn't have cool magical daggers. Should I try? Should I just should I, should I just do it again? Do it, feather. I have a fallback if it fails. Or if Mr. Jones decides to get in the way. As as Seok's going to do this, Otis is gonna walk up to Mr. Jones and he's going to put a big arm around his shoulder, ask Mr. Jones very directly, Mr. Jones, have you ever heard of the Runei? I think as you put the arm around him, he recoils from you putting his arm around him. He says, I don't like to be touched. And he, he yanks back from you so you're not able to put, put your arm around him. And he looks up at you as, as you say that with like this perplexed look and he fully turns around and has his back towards the, the creature. And he says, no, I have not heard of the Runei before. What, pray tell, is that all about? As he does this, he's in full view of where Seok is in front of the painting. I want to cast Major Image and have Seok still standing there admiring, say, that pedestal that's just behind him while Seok tries to cut the painting open. And while that's happening, I want to give a very vague description of the Runei, just saying that they were a group of people with a common cause and but were destroyed in an unfortunate manner and so on and so forth. Very vague, nothing specific. Are you committing to cutting this thing open at the same time as this is happening, Chai? Oh, no, 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 no. The knife comment wasn't meant serious. It was more like to trigger you. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, if someone did this stupid thing and, got, and died, should I also do this stupid thing? Because I'm definitely better at doing this stupid thing. <laughs> Otis would absolutely have taken that to mean I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> Which is a fair assumption. No, I'll do it anyway and disguise what, whatever Seahawks doing with the painting. Yeah, it's, so it's concentration, I think, up to 10 minutes. I will cast the spell and concentrate on the spell um, and keep it, keep it live for 10 minutes. Okay, yeah, so you do that. It's there. Um, and yeah, he has no reason to believe um, it's not Seok at this point in time. Where he's standing, Seok's kind of obscured by the pillar that's directly in front of him. And what's your goal with trying to explain the Runei to him? What are you trying to do? Just distraction. Uh, at first, it was to gauge his reaction to see if there was a spark of recognition or anything. Um, and when there wasn't, it was purely just to keep as distraction and, and to further aid the casting of the spell and all that junk. Great. 
Um, so just keeping him occupied at this stage. So yeah, he's just listening to to what you have to say. He looks a little bit confused as to why that you're bringing this up. Uh, and Siok, what do you do? What Siok wants to do is check out the painting. Is there any inscription, any markings around the the frame that I can find? Maybe like a hidden mechanism that might release something? From where you are standing, you can't see any um, hidden levers or mechanisms or anything like that. Now that you're up close, you can see this knife motif, not in the painting, but in the actual frame. It's like there's these little engravings of knives in the frame pointing toward the canvas. I will very tentatively touch the painting where the location of the eye, like the death center, you said. Uh, Otis, as Seok touches the painting, you notice indifference sort of like make this weird kind of jerking motion, like he's, something's made him uncomfortable. Otis will uh, reach a hand out but not touch him and say very politely, is something wrong, Mr Jones? My, it's the menagerie. It's very important to me. And the paintings within the room are very important. And what is what is your, your brother up to at the moment? And perhaps I should go talk to him. Starts trying to start to move towards the uh, illusion. Yeah, I think I'm going to let him walk over there and talk with Seok. And Seok, as they're doing this, you run your hand over the centre of the painting and it feels just like a painting. Nothing. You, you don't get any feedback from it uh, other than what you would get from a normal painting. Really depends on how it's fastened to the, wo- to the wall, I guess. Like, is it possible for me to look behind the painting? So yeah, you, you touch the bottom of it and you try and lift it away from the wall. And as you do that, it doesn't move at all, as if it's fastened to the wall. With my time running out, I'll quickly step away from the painting and make my way in a way that I'm the pillars between me and indifference and then slink into my illusion. Okay, so I think, yeah, so I think indifference is moving towards the illusion while all this has been happening. Um, he's probably raised his hand up and been like, my good sir, uh, what is it that you are, you are doing over there? And what are you commanding the illusion to do, Otis, as that happens? Otis, yeah, replicating Seahawks' voice would say, uh, yeah, just admiring this piece, Mr. Jones, in Seahawks' voice and sort of sliding into position to, to overlay Seahawk stepping into it. Uh, so I think as that happens, indifference takes a good, solid, hard look at the illusion and is going to try and examine it here. What does uh, indifference need to beat to beat your spell save, DC? All of a 13. 13, <laughs> all right. I'm going to roll this in the public for everyone to see. Yes. Oh, he needs to beat a 13 <laughs> and he gets a 10. And he uh, starts to approach Seok. What are you doing? You're uh, emerging into the illusion. So as sneakily as possible, I creep up onto the illusion and then sli- like slide into it. And then as Otis disperses it, I step forward. So it's like less obvious. It's like a, a move 
we've done before where I disappear and uh, an illusion stays behind. And when I come back, I like take over again. Indifference doesn't notice any difference as the as he approaches the illusion. It doesn't appear um, anything different to him at all. He sort of turns and looks back at Otis, smiling as you do this, and he doesn't notice as you take the place of the illusion. Okay, um, Otis asks his brother over the telepathic link why he didn't cut the painting. The last time someone tried to cut it, they exploded. I'm pretty sure Mr. Jones exploded him, brother. Hence why I was hiding. You think it was Mr. Jones? I'm almost certain it was Mr. Jones, brother. Do we resort to drastic action? As I can't put another one of those up. We could have used the illusion to cut the painting. Really, brother? Really? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very, very smart. It, it would it would have. Um, <laughs> and and um, Otis in a very uncharacteristic moment of um, decision, I guess, is going to cast Hold Person on Indifference Jones. So succeed on a wisdom saving throw. So what does he need to be? A 13. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, he rolls yes. an 11. So yeah, he has now been paralyzed for a minute and Otis says to his brother, Siok, he's held. Cut the painting. Okay, so yeah, you see his eyes widen as this happens uh, and his arms snap against his sides. Goes completely rigid and he slides over to the ground on his side, laying prone, looking at you guys, like everything dawning on him all at once of like, what are you doing? And you notice that as he falls to his side, he can see the painting directly in his view. Oh no. Oh no, we're doing it in front of him. Sirk will make a quick turn, go to the painting, pull out a real dagger and try to poke the painting where the eye, see if the if the dagger can cut the painting. Great, yeah, so you, it's painting. The dagger just pokes through the canvas as you do that. Indifference's eyes just like going like extremely wide, panicking as you're doing this. Otis's hands outstretched, keeping Jones still screams as look at this point and says, Brother, cut the painting. Uh, I'll cut open the painting. You start cutting. You slice all around the edges of the frame, remove the entire canvas. Uh, and as you turn the painting over, you find some script written on the back of the canvas. Looking at it, you can tell it's some type of coded cipher that you guys don't understand. Yeah, Otis just says stash, stash it to Siok. We need to get out of here. Siok so will come over and take the key from Indifference Jones' pocket and then say, let's run. As you do this, as you grab the key, you just see his eyes going absolutely wild um, and you, you'll still be in front of him as this happens. He gets overwhelmed. His eyes just lose focus and his eyes just shut. As that happens, you guys hear this loud cracking sound from behind you. So you turn around, you look at the skeleton of the giant creature and you hear the sound again as one of its giant legs moves down off of the dais. 
and suddenly all you can hear is the sound of like shattering, creaking bones as this giant creature comes to life. And the ground and the entire building shakes around you as this thing steps down, its forelegs down off the dais. As it does this, it swings its giant tail and smashes the entire mirror behind you. Pieces of it fall down and block the door, so there's no way out of this room all of a sudden. As this happens, the four smaller skeletons that have been around the other sides of the room, they also creak and crack and they jump down onto the floor off their daises and they start to skitter towards you guys. As they do so, two of them just sort of crumble to dust, but the other two are just standing there, ready and advancing on you. And as this happens, the giant creature lowers its horns at both of you. Roll for initiative. kept you waiting for seven episodes and these boys are finally gonna fight something ah i cannot wait i hope you feel the same episode eight the last episode of season one of sounds like adventure it's next week oh my god i can't wait to show it to you don't miss it and to make sure you don't miss it head over to the podcast app that you're listening to this on search up sounds like adventure you're probably already on it if you if you're listening to the show subscribe Follow the show, do all that good stuff. Make sure you don't miss this last one. And while you're there, why not leave us a quick five-star review? It is really incredibly helpful and I'd really appreciate it. And hey, don't forget, we also have a very special announcement coming up the week after that. I can't tell you any more than that, but it is coming. But with all that in mind, I'll see you next week for the final episode of season one of Sounds Like Adventure.